0: Hello, welcome back to the CTO Studio. I, of course, am your host, Nikolai Walker, on the mic and in your ear, my favorite place to be. We are joined in studio today by Mitesh Kadia, who is the CTO and Chief Data Officer at The Zebra, Uh, and I love that name. So today we're joined uh, by him. We're going to be talking about how to navigate compliance risk as a CTO from a startup idea in a garage. Let's get right into it because it's fairly interesting. Etienne, please take over.
1: So, uh, Mitesh, uh, the zebra, obviously a a beautiful success story in the sense that escaping the clutches of startup, drudge, scaling successfully into, um, you know, a wonderful company and then scaling into, like, unicorn territory. So... You CTOing a company through that type of scale, just give me an anecdotal like view of how your life as CTO changed, just through all those different levels.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's it's a little bit surreal. I was talking to someone today that, you know, if we go back to you know essentially three of us in a warehouse, no code, no team, no product, no business. There was always this aspiration that. They we're going to be a billion-dollar company, and, and you have that confidence in it, but it's so far away. Um, and then to think about it now, it you know it's like well, not only am I CTO of a successful company and I helped build it, but it's a successful billion-dollar plus company, right? And and that it's hard to fathom sometimes, right? There's the excitement of it that we've created so many jobs and built this business. There's the part that you're scared of, which is that. We built this business and all these people who are counting on us to, to make some, you know, important decisions and keep it going. But you know, the, I think if you look at it, various phases early on, it's very much you're making things happen yourself, right? Like it, you, I was in the code, I was I was building stuff. on even when I was building some teams around me, I was I was making things happen. Then that second stage, it was more about I was growing the management and building the people around me to go make it happen. Right. I was still, still involved, but at a higher, you know, higher level from that. And then, you know, I'd say that the kind of third stage was stepping back out and, um, and leading through kind of vision strategy, you know, uh, le- providing some structure to those people that I had, i had kind of spent time growing and, and building. And then circling back with them kind of behind the scenes, helping to look looking across the business a lot more was a big part of that one um, to, to help actually, you know, I, I'd say probably between phases two and three is when I shifted from being a technologist first to a business person first with a technology background is slant. Right. So my, my first team, as you say, with the first you know, five dysfunctions of a team, became that business team, the, the C-suite, the executive team. Um, and then, you know, it's interesting. I was actually just thinking yesterday and today about this new step and that I think it's a yet another stage um, of growth where I, I'm even one step further out right? Uh, And further back and figuring out what that means, how, you know, I'm looking instead of figuring out what we need to do, for example, on data later this year, I'm thinking about as the team grows this year and next, you know, how do we take something that gets a lot of benefit out of being centralized, but not create a bottleneck for growing the company in the future, right? And that's not something we're fixing this month or next month, or even by the end of the year, but, that's something we're going to need to start to to fix and shift, and it's going to take a long time, right? And so my horizons expanded, um, which means in some ways it's exciting. You get you know as a technologist, you always want to think about stuff. We love like the thinking ideas, but the, but the you know box checking of getting stuff done that doesn't really happen anymore.
1: That's amazing, and it it, it actually brings me straight to what I want to talk about, which is at seven c t o s we talk about that shielding function that the c t o has, and I often talk about it as the the three to five year viability of your organization, specifically how tech enables that, how technology threatens that, how technology is susceptible to vulnerabilities as other companies come up as regulation comes in as as the world changes, the the CTO is starting to think, and I and I love that you said that because you're starting to say, okay, my first team is now really the C suite, uh, like you said, um, the first group that you're committed to. I mean, you're always committed to the C suite, but it's like they are your team now, and how do we keep our business viable? for the the near future and for the, you know, the medium term.
2: Right. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, change and shift in philosophy and, uh, and one where it's really hard to know if you're making a lot of the right decisions because the, the time horizon for that feedback loop of figuring out whether you are or not is so far in the future. So it's a lot more about thinking about, okay, one, what do I think? Where do I think I need to be? You know, um, two, what are the steps now? Can I break it down? How would I get there? And then how can I test and learn along the way to give me some sense of, are we moving in the right direction? And also have I chunked it up appropriately such that if we're not, we can change directions without, you know, without going too far down one path. But, but it is also, it's a, a place where, you know, it, it, it is, it, you do have to take some bigger risks, right? Because you're, you're talking about things further down the road, which means that experience uh, experience plays a big part, right? Experience doesn't mean you're going to be right every time. In fact, I, I, I often look at experience oftentimes more, more so than not tells you what not to do than what to do.
1: Now, I also think of experience as the confidence to do things and inexperience as the lack of confidence. Let's talk a little bit about how you navigated um, compliance and risk. There was certainly a stage that you entered where the technology innovation was built, the product market fit was there, the traction was forming, growth was happening. And I think I remember specifically when you moved into your new spot, which I guess is probably a ghost town. You still have it?
2: Uh, we still have it. We, I mean, we have minimal capacity in the office now talking about return to the office, but it's still there.
1: So I remember, I think you got your SOC 2 compliance right before or right when you moved in there. So what I, so I want to sort of pick your brain on is have, uh, being a CTO who went from the three-person idea all the way through to the billion-dollar-plus that zone where you became aware of the fact that, okay, there's this regulatory stuff that I'm sure wasn't super damn exciting for you to work on. But just talk me through a little bit. um, And again, it can be unstructured thoughts, but just tell me a little bit how you navigated that and let's dig into that a bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if we, we start back prior to when, so we, we kicked off the effort of building a security privacy compliance program in march of 2019 so if we look before that um i had done and and, you know gotten pci compliance in the past i'd done some of these things at other places and i knew i wanted to avoid as much of that as possible for as long as possible because in my mind having to deal with a lot of that would slow us down it would mean that you know we could be less nimble less agile uh, it's not that I didn't see the value in it. It's that I I wanted to build our business and our technology as much as possible without having to deal with that. And so that's why we're like, great.
1: Specifically, specifically PCI compliance?
2: PCI compliance, but also things like, you know, when we were working with carriers, if they said, great, we, we need you to um, abide by all of these, you know, these security standards and privacy things, I was like, okay, what, what is driving those? And do we need to do, can we do things that would get us around those? So we don't have to, we can be secure, we can be safe. Right. But we don't have to actually comply with those things.
1: Yeah. For instance, uh, the classic PCI question of how can we avoid having to be level, whatever compliant, Well, in technology, we can do this and this and this. And so you're saying, sort of, what can we do in technology that would expose us to the least amount of compliance uh, adherence? Okay. Right.
2: Exactly. Uh, While still being, you know, uh, being secure and safe and and best practices, but, you know, can we do it by our business strategy and our architecture first? Um, And so that carried us a long way. Um, And it's why, you know, we didn't, we still don't collect credit card information, um, you know, but it's why we pushed that further down the road is I, you know, I knew that if we got into that stuff, it was going to distract us and and prevent us from being able to move quickly in some areas. Um, So, you know, fast forward to, I want to say late 2018, early 2019 is when we finally started getting big enough where the insurance carriers that we were working with uh, and that we wanted to work with started to demand things like hey where's your sock 2 um, you know they're they're heavily regulated companies public companies so they have you know uh, regulations from being a public company public markets they have their you know fintech and suretech um, and so you know, finally, we we got to a point where, we're like, okay, great. We, there's a certain amount of this we need to actually solve because we, in order to play with the big boys and to to reach that next stage of growth.
1: Okay, so basic, basically, uh, as a function of growth, you started seeing that not being compliant in certain regulations uh, started inhibiting your ability to to grow your business. Okay,
2: right. Exactly. To grow. And so that's where we, we again said, okay, so now what, what do we need to do? How can we go attack, you know, build a program that will help us, you know, cover the bases that we need to, uh, you know, satisfy these carriers, get them on board, but also not stop all of our progress. Um, And so that's when we started to look at and, and really took the approach which I you know I know is a, a modern approach uh, and, and it's started to become more pervasive now to security and compliance of not how do we be secure how do we say no to things how do we not take on any risk but how do we build a program that helps us detect evaluate understand and measure the risk and then communicate that risk to the right places so that the leaders within the company can make Informed decisions on how what risk to take on and and what risk not to take on, or that can inform our mitigation strategies around. Okay, great, this risk level is too high for this thing we want to do. But is there something we can do that maybe isn't you know get PCI compliance? And you know, I'm not saying we'd collect a credit card information without that. I'm just saying something that's not as burdensome as that. Um, Can we do something to mitigate that risk to get it below a threshold? where it's not zero but it's to a level that we want to accept given our the stage of company.
1: Very interesting, very very interesting. I I love the idea of taking it as far as you can to be nimble, efficient, uh stay within the acceptable security space or r- risk mitigation space and then coming up with a assessment plan or some way to inform help your leaders make the right decisions
0: is indeed all about helping your leaders make the right decisions. The employees obviously are pivotal and critical. Uh, Thank you so much, Mitesh. We will see him again next week. We will do another interview. I believe this is going to be set up into a four-part, so do please stay tuned. As always, go subscribe to the podcast available in iTunes. Check out Mitesh's LinkedIn, and always, always check out 7CTOs.com. We will see you next week.